Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the fourth Sunday of Advent. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech you, O Lord, your grace into our hearts, that we to whom the incarnation of Christ your Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the second book of Samuel. Once David had settled into his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all the enemies surrounding him, the king said to the prophet Nathan, Look, I am living in a house of cedar, while the ark of God dwells in a tent. Nathan said to the king, Go and do all that is in your mind, for the Lord is with you. But that very night the word of the Lord came to Nathan, Go and tell my servant David, Thus the Lord speaks, Are you the man to build me a house to dwell in? I took you from the pasture, from following the sheep, to be my leader of my people Israel. I have been with you on all of your expeditions. I have cut off your enemies before you. I will give you fame as great as the fame of the greatest on earth. I will provide a place for my people Israel. I will plant them there, and they shall dwell in that place, and they shall never be disturbed again. Nor shall the wicked continue to oppress them as they did in the days when I appointed judges over my people Israel. I will give them rest from all their enemies. The Lord will make you great. The Lord will make you a house. And when your days are ended and you are laid to rest with your ancestors, I will preserve the offspring of your body after you and make his sovereignty secure. I will be a father to him and he a son to me. Your house and your sovereignty will always stand secure before me and your throne be established forever. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. I will sing forever of your love, O Lord. Through all the ages my mouth will proclaim your truth. Of this I am sure, that your love lasts forever, that your truth is firmly established as the heavens. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. I have made a covenant with my chosen one. I have sworn to David my servant. I will establish your dynasty forever and set up your throne through all ages. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. He will say to me, You are my Father, my God, the rock who saves me. I will keep my love for him always. For him my covenant shall endure. Forever I will sing the goodness of the Lord. A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Romans. Glory to him who is able to give you the strength to live according to the good news I preach and in which I proclaim Jesus Christ, the revelation of a mystery kept secret for endless ages, 
but now so clear that it must be broadcast to pagans everywhere to bring them to the obedience of faith. This is only what Scripture has predicted, and it is all part of the way the eternal God wants things to be. He alone is wisdom. Give glory, therefore, to him, through Jesus Christ, forever and ever. Amen. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the servant of the Lord. May his will for me be done. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. The angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. He went in and said to her, Rejoice, so highly favoured, the Lord is with you. She was deeply disturbed by these words and asked herself what this greeting could mean. But the angel said to her, Mary, do not be afraid, you have won God's favour, listen. You are to conceive and bear a son, and you must name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. He will rule over the house of Jacob forever, and his reign will have no end. Mary said to the angel, But how can this come about, since I am a virgin? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the angel answered, and the power of the Most High will cover you with its shadow. And so the child will be holy and will be called Son of God. Know this too, your kinswoman Elizabeth has in her old age herself conceived a son, and she whom people called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible to God. I am the handmaid of the Lord, said Mary. Let what you have said be done to me. And the angel left her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There's really no other way to describe it, but the incarnation, the moment when Jesus is conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary, it splits human history in two. I mean, so much so that, you know, the years before it are called before Christ and every year after it since is called Anno Domini, the year of the Lord, AD. And, you know, this this moment is revealed um, in St. Paul's letter to the Romans uh, in the second reading that we have today. He says this, he says, The revelation of a mystery kept secret for endless ages, but now so clear that it must be broadcast to pagans everywhere to bring them to the obedience of faith. The revelation of a mystery. Now, the word mystery here isn't something, you know, like obscure or something difficult to understand or a, a puzzle that kind of needs to be solved. What is revealed is the plan of God. And what is revealed in Christ is so clear and so important that it's something that needs to be broadcast. It's, it's a gospel. It's good news. And this good news is Jesus himself. Listen to this again from Romans, right? Glory to him who is able to give you the strength to live according to the good news I preach and in which I proclaim Jesus Christ. 
The revelation of a mystery kept secret for endless ages, but now so clear that it must be broadcast to pagans everywhere to bring them to the obedience of faith. Jesus is the good news. Jesus himself is the plan of God that is unveiled, that is revealed. Now, pause for a second. That sounds kind of surprising, doesn't it? I mean, you know, wouldn't you expect that like, the good news is something that Jesus taught us or the good news is something that Jesus did? <laughs> no, what Paul is highlighting here is that who Jesus is, is good news in itself. So who is Jesus? Well, let's go to the gospel. The angel says to Mary, you are to conceive and bear a son. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. So listen to that. At the same time, this child will be the son of Mary and the Son of God. Just pause and let that wash over you for a second. In this child, God unites himself to human nature. And one of us, like a human being, now participates in divinity, in God's life. The Son of God stoops down to our poverty so that our poverty may be raised to the very richness of God. I mean, really, like, take a moment to contemplate that because I suspect we all grow a little bit comfortable with this idea about Jesus being fully God and fully man. Um, and I suspect we probably grow comfortable with it because we would generally prioritize one over the other. Um, you know, there are those who, who really have a very strong divine understanding of who Jesus is. And it, it's, it's almost like, you know, he's so superhuman that his feet barely touch the ground. And I suppose it's easy to fall into that kind of trap. And yet, if that's your attitude, you know, we're kind of challenged by the letter to the Hebrews. It tells us, you know, it's not as if we had a high priest who was incapable of feeling our weaknesses with us. But we have one who has been tempted in every way that we are, though he is without sin. But the thing is, there are other people at the other end of the spectrum, right? That, that focus on the humanity of Jesus so much that we forget that, He's actually God's presence among us. And because he is God's presence among us, it's possible for us to have access to God because he's come down from his transcendent heavens and joined us in the human family. Now, I suppose, you know, culture, language, you know, your own personal temperament probably will have a major influence in, in the way that, you know, we look at Jesus but where we may have an excess focus on his divinity, his humanity needs to drag us back. His humanity needs to drag us back into the middle. And, you know, where our focus is too much on his humanity, his, his divinity really needs to drag us back into the middle. Because, you know, he's the son of God and the son of Mary. He's not just God wearing, you know, kind of human clothing. And on the flip side, he's not just, you know, another prophet or someone who's really close to God or has had a really powerful experience of God. He is God's holy presence among us. And that changes everything. He's now not one among others. 
He's not a, you know, kind of take it or leave it kind of guy. Yeah, I like you. I don't like you. I choose to be your friend. I don't choose to be your friend. No, each of us needs to take a position. Now, this brings us to um, one of my favorites, C.S. Lewis. And in his work, Mere Christianity, he speaks about a famous trilemma. Listen to this. He says, I'm trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, about Jesus, right? I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sorts of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with the man who said he's a poached egg, or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God, or else a madman, or else something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronising nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Isn't that good? Lewis boils it down pretty simply. He says, well, look, given what Christ claims about himself in the scriptures, you either need to say he's a liar or you need to say he's a lunatic. He's either evil in that he knows he's not God, though he claims to be and therefore is a liar, or his claims to be God are just the ravings of a madman, a lunatic. Or you need to get on your knees and worship him. Three alternatives. He's either liar, lunatic, or Lord. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to try and convince you of uh, one particular conclusion. But gee, can't we see how Jesus really splits history? He can't just be neutral towards him. A nice guy, but, you know, not really important. No, if Jesus really is the Son of God and the Son of Mary... Everything changes. Because the fact is, is that Jesus is born into our family precisely so that we might be born into his. Eve is the mother of all the living. And Jesus becomes a son of the new Eve of Mary. Precisely so that we might become, through him, sons of the Father. Now let that wash over you. Listen to what St. Paul says to the Galatians. He says, When the fullness of time had come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born a subject of the law, to redeem the subjects of the law, so that we could receive adoption as sons. This is the revelation of the mystery, the plan of God. The Son of God has entered the human family so that the human family might participate in divine nature, that we might share in Christ's divinity and in this way become the adoptive sons and daughters of God. The Son of God took flesh from the Virgin Mary so that the sons of the new Eve, the church prefigured in Mary, would become sons and daughters of the Father. 
that we would all pray together, Our Father who art in heaven. That through Christ, through his sonship, that we too would have a place in the home of the Father, in his household. This is it. Like, we're sons and daughters of God, not in some symbolic or analogical way. I mean, you know, you hear some dog owners, you know, refer to their dogs as, you know, their kids and referring to themselves as mummy or daddy to the, to the dog, but, but that's not what God is doing with us. That's not what Jesus has done for us. He's shared his divine life with us. We are gathered in him by the gift of the Holy Spirit, and so we are incorporated into the body of Christ. We are drawn into his sonship. Let me read you that quote from the letter of support of the Galatians again. When the appointed time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, born a subject of the law, to redeem the subjects of the law, to enable us to be adopted as sons. And the proof that you are sons is that God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit that cries, Abba, Father. And it is this that makes you a son. You are not a slave anymore. And if God has made you a son, then he has made you heir. All right, that's heir as in H-E-R, as in, you know, someone who is entitled to an inheritance. The inheritance that belongs to the sons and daughters of God. There you go. There's Paul's conviction about what has happened in the gospel today. Like Christ, because of him. We too can call God Father, because in the Spirit he's shared his divine life with us. This is what we heard in Romans, right? This is the revelation of a mystery kept secret for endless ages, but now so clear that it must be broadcast to pagans everywhere to bring them to the obedience of faith. The plan of God for each one of us is to be made his adoptive sons and daughters through the incarnation of his eternally begotten Son. Our contribution to the great mystery, to this plan of God, is the same as the Virgin Mary. It's this great act of receptivity. Be it done unto me according to your word. It is to receive this great plan, to receive divine adoption. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.